0: Thank you very much um, for for that introduction. and Thank you very much for giving the opportunity to speak here today. Um, Before I start speaking, I think I'll just say a little bit about my background. Um, As uh, Patricia said, I am from Wood Green in North London. I grew up there, my family still live there. I was there the week before the riots. I do live in Paris. I commute regularly. And um, a lot of my... uh, The first encounter, the first time I heard what was going on was actually I was in an airport. I was in an airport lounge. Um, I'd just been doing some teaching in Dakar in Senegal and uh, I was coming, I was in Dakar and I saw this screen, CNN, uh, North London riots and I was, I was just like dumbstruck. I was what I was thinking, or oh, maybe they must be mistaken or something. They're talking about East London and South Africa or something. They're not talking about. They're talking about Wood Enfield and Wood Green. You know, a place far too familiar, and it was really odd because I was in this place which is so far away, yet the uh, the, the, the kind of uh, the, 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 the kind of presentation of, of what was happening in London was mu- was on a par. With uh, CNN global kind of media reporting of rioting and upheavals everywhere, so it was a very kind of surreal um, experience and a very lonely one because no other people in the room could like feel this the, the, what, it, what it what it felt like for me. So it was really it was really odd. Um, yeah, so I'm from Wood Green. I've been here. Uh, I did my doctorate here, and and I've been moving um, between. North London, here, Africa, and so my my perspectives in many ways are are, are comparative ones, um, as, as as well as experienced uh, based. I've also, as Patricia said, been involved in a research project that looks at compares the experience of Black people basically living in France and the UK. And a few years ago, and for the last maybe for the last ten years or so, there's been this raging debate about which system works better? Have we gone far, too far, too far in the UK with multiculturalism and um, has it not just uh crept up to haunt us in the 7-7 events and so on and this whole revival of the idea of social cohesion as opposed to multiculturalism and in France they're looking at it the other way obviously because France is a Republican tradition uh, where or a particular version of a Republican tradition where um, difference, visible differences, religious differences and so on are not recognised by the state. In fact it's still um, taboo and illegal actually to collect data on race or ethnicity so France has been kind of looking with very eagle eyes at what's been happening in the UK um, and 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 sort of comforts itself the political class comforts itself with a kind of "Oh, we told you so this is what communitarianism does okay so I'm kind of I've got my uh, you know uh, I'm straddling these two worlds and looking at how they 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 look at each other so um, this presentation, really, I'm trying to, be- and based in many ways on on some of the what's been the work been done on France, ex- in fact, um, particularly since France's 2005 riots. Um, I'm trying to look at uh, the, the, the the UK. I'm trying. I'm wondering whether um, a political perspective isn't really what we need, what we need here. I mean as Patricia said in her introduction a lot of the presentations, the portrayals of what the riots were about that were being um, expressed by a political class and through the media were essentially well it's kind of four, four different sort of recurring themes, you know that the riots were essentially not racial, uh, uh, yes there was this incident that sparked them off, the death of Mark Duggan, but that was just a catalyst for looters to run wild okay so there was the, the police if attacked at all um, are essentially called up because of their inability to logistically manage the public order problem but not because there was a racial thing there. Community leaders have also so-called community representatives have also um, been quoted as denouncing in many ways um, rioters as looters gang members and not with a political agenda as such so there's this uh, and and then as uh, Patricia said you know this constant theme of what we have here are people beyond the pale Um, Tony Blair Famously in the Observer, quite late on, a few weeks after the riots, in fact, wrote a, a very much quoted piece actually about how what we were looking at was a beyond the pale category with different moral um, from a different working on a different moral logic than the rest of us, and from that came all the discussions about uh, you know um, broken families, uh, um, absent fathers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So those are kind of, the, kind of the ways this thing has been, been looked at. And what I'm, I've got just a few. I won't go on too long. I'll give myself like five, five, seven minutes. Am I all right for seven minutes? You're fine. Okay. Fine. Right. So I'll just kind of. I'll just. I've written this piece, and I'll just present it to you, and then maybe kind of pull out a few things. Okay, so last month's riots have been widely dismissed in the British press as the work of criminals who use the pretext of the shooting of a black man by the police as an excuse for theft on a massive scale, the mindless destruction of public and private property, and ultimately the loss of human life. Interestingly, um, here there were, what, five people killed, was it? Five people killed In, in France where the riots in 2005 took place over like a three... Just a bit over three-week period, there was a loss that the press reported a lot of destruction, wanton destruction of private property, etc. But no, no deaths apart from the original killing of um, two young people who were um, hiding from the police in a in an incinerator and were electrocuted. That's what, what sparked off the French riots. But no one apart from those killings died. Okay, um, yes, uh, yet yeah, yeah, research from Oxford okay sh- um, comparing the lives of young people from African backgrounds in france that 's what my research does i 'm looking specifically at people of African immigrant uh, descent born and brought up in the u k or France shows that the riots are always po- riots are always political in spite of how inarticulate the language of violence may appear or however removed it is from a bullet pointed political agenda so you know some of the things that community Quoted community workers were saying was yeah these guys it's nothing to do with um, demanding racial equality or anything like that that we've associated riots with with the pa- in the past um, you know because it's inarticulate but some very interesting work on the French riots by people like Didier Leperoni has has talked about how you know rioting in itself however inarticulate. The, the language, it's about trying to reclaim a political space. And what are we doing here? We're all talking about the riots. So, um, you know, for, for areas, for, for people in extreme circumstances of marginality, it's a language of violence that is controlled by them, more or less, even though the media comes in and projects it. But there is a very powerful argument, I think, to be made about looking at this thing as a, as a different kind of politics Okay. Um, in August 2001, uh, 2011, sorry, rioters demanded centre stage attention from the political class and the general public. As journalists flocked in and politicians spoke out, they certainly got they certainly got that attention. However, unable they were to sustain it or ward off its most negative consequences, notably uh, heavy custodial sentences. The riot scenario, which initially played itself out in North London conjured up memories of riots past, a kind of shameful reminder of integration come unstuck. Yet were the riots of August 2011 any different to those that preceded them? This is one of the a big questions that came up in a lot of the reporting. From Toxta to Brixton to Tottenham and beyond. Photo footage of looting youth on the rampage and detailed renditions of items stolen, use it, um, retailers targeted, and the impunity with which looters appear to have organized and operated, using social media networks, etc., which was widely reported, suggested that the riots were the work of criminal gangs, the socially marginal, for whom little but punitive redemption is possible. And even the most progressive um, voices, I mean I've been kind of scanning a lot of the commentary, the blog commentary on this, and even seemingly progressive um, uh, blogs are still talking about kind of retributive justice There's a kind of Yes, there's a, there's a before anyone says anything progressive about the riots, they have to say this is really, really bad and cannot be condoned. And any kind of, and and, and I, I think it's worth pondering that actually, that um, that apologetic, you know, tone that seems to, you know, you have to say it's really, really bad before you can even say anything about it. And you know, anyway. Um, Okay. Whilst there is some acknowledgement in the press of a social class dimension to the riots, with looting compared to daylight robbery by banks and unrestrained financial markets, who together precipitated financial crisis that the poor have to bear the brunt of, in cuts and and, and so on, um, most explanations are conservative and blame breakdown of family values, irresponsible parenting, etc. But interestingly, I've I've been following the work of someone called Fabien Joubert, a French guy who has been doing, sorry, academic, who's been doing some very interesting comparative work. And, and, and And he wrote an article in The Monde a few, like late August, saying, you know, basically, there's this kind of disconnect that's become like perceived, you know, commonly received wisdom that if you're a looter, you can't be a. If, you know, if you're a looter, you have no political voice or you have no political aspiration. In fact, it's just greed. And yes, you know, at most we can kind of. Um, concede that yes, perhaps you're, 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 living in a, a capitalist world where inequality is so huge that, yes, you, you know, as much, we'll, we'll credit you with that little bit of kind of political fibre. But really, looting, you're just a thief, essentially. And Joe Barr says that if he looks at the, 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 the riots in L.A. in 92 and says that, you know, if you look at um, looting, patterns of looting, they've actually been quite common to rioting, generally, and, and in the past haven't necessarily been, separated out from the political you know so he, he says that in, 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 in the States in, in LA in '92 you know Korean Korean shops were specifically targeted by targeted by African American looters um, because of the way um, there, there, there were huge you know, very strong perceptions of uh, racial injustice directed against those, those particular shops. So we shouldn't be doing we shouldn't be this doing this either or thing too quickly. The problem with much reporting on the right is the absence of any serious consideration of the voices, attitudes, motivations of those involved. Much has been made of the so-called community representatives. Okay, I won't go on about that because I think I've already said that. Um, okay. Um, hold on a minute we need to broaden our understanding of what we mean by political and look more closely at how and why the extrajudicial killing of a black man galvanized particular categories of youth across the country in this spectacular way. So that's what I'm trying. This, the project that I'm working on that compares British multiculturalism and French republicanism on the identities and political behaviors of citizens of African descent, um, essentially, I mean, I've been doing this work for the last three, almost three years now, and what and I'm just, I'm going through all the the, the the many detailed quality interviews, and there are big issues that cut across France and the UK, irrespective of their traditions of integration. And some of those big issues are around, you know, the lower down the social class scale you go, be it in France, in Paris, or in London, the problems of poverty, extreme marginalization and alienation of this particular category of people And I mean, I think, I mean, I'm just going to talk from the heart here. I'm going to leave my paper because this is like, this is for me the nub of it. Um, There are issues um, that have essentially been um, kind of packaged or presented as black problems, black on black. I mean, this kind of trope of black on black violence or, you know, black on black gun crime. As if we're talking about a particularly category, a kind of crime that's associated with a particular... Ethnic constituency even in presenting social um, problems in this way there's that there's a, there's a, there's a filtering out of an us and them that's been going on for a long time I think what the riots did was they they, they tore up this um, this script of us and them and Threw it right in everybody's faces. So now it's not possible to talk of black-on-black crime or gun crime as if it's something marginal, mm. um, but actually um, it's something right up front and se- front and centre in the public domain. And I think, and I think, you know, the research I've been doing. I mean, in, in France, there's a, you know there's different ways of reading this thing. I mean, Joubert even says, you know, that this comparison I'm doing between the front, you know, putting them on a par is not accurate, and that the gang kind of trope is not so present in France, I would I would, I would beg to differ. But it's very clear, it's very clear that whether you're in Le Havre, because I did some research there, or you're in the banlieue, the outskirts of Paris, because outskirts of Paris are like our inner cities, they've kind of pushed... Immigrants and the likes to the, mar- the, the, the mar- you know the margins why we have them in the centre mm-hmm. uh, for historical reasons. Um, the, the problems are the same. The discourses are the same. You talk to young people about hopelessness and um, lack of opportunity and segregation. So that all your friends are black. You don't know anyone else outside your postcode, and you can't move. And you're and even you know. your your, your room for manoeuvre, the space in which you feel comfortable, the space in which you feel you belong, is a really clearly delimited space. I mean, there's a problem here. So, I think what the the riots do um, is is they put this problem right up there and um, oblige us, I think, to start to look, and this is my plea from policymakers. What's that? I can't read. I'll finish, finish. now. I have to finish. Oh, <laughs> my, I can't read. Selective, selective vision here. No, no, um, no. I think what they will do, they should do, that's what I would like, is, is to oblige us to start to critically um, reassess this, you know, what we're talking about, black on black you know what what's going what has been going on here and um, and and start to unpack some of these um, you know some of these issues I mean as as much as I do think that that, that it's very problematic the political the language of the political class which is this is all breakdown of families and the rest of it there are very specific issues and social needs um, to do with particular categories of people, and they're not just racial, they're, they're socially and economically intertwined with race, um, and, and, and I think we need to be, have our very sharp, lucid lenses, and this work is being done, it's about where, how are we getting, going to, if there's a political will to allow that work to filter into uh, policy making, I think that's a big challenge. <laughs> <Finish>. <laughs>